The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Yesterday I mentioned a uh, brief reflection of St. John of the Cross. I'd like to begin with that today. What he said was, in translation, by Mary and from her own flesh, he was clothed in his own frame. Son of God and Son of Man together had one name. The Blessed Mother is the willing instrument in all of this and over the last several weeks I've mentioned a number of qualities and the people who we have seen in the Gospels, whether it be John the Baptist or St. Joseph or the Blessed Mother or our Lord himself. The Blessed Mother in particular, though, today, think of those qualities that we see in her. First of all, an obedience that is the fruit of love and abandonment. When yesterday we saw in the Holy Family those qualities of waiting, receptivity, and availability. But before those and after them came something else, the very heart of the Blessed Mother. We know the things that she did and what she was told to do and what she accepted, even without knowing it. But before that, there was that waiting and openness, her contemplation, her union with God in prayer all of her life. She was always united to him. And today we are told that after these events, Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. So before it all, there was contemplation. After it all, there is reflection, meditation, and further contemplation. Her prayer life was the center of everything else. So it made her the perfect instrument. And what then allowed her to continue to remain that perfect instrument all of her life. 
if her prayer life had not been what it was, if she had not been constantly in contact with the Father, she would not have been the Blessed Mother. You know, I'm reminded, remember that prayer of Blessed Charles de Foucault that I passed out some years ago, um, that we might say, but most of us can't say and mean, she could. She has that ability to say, the, for instance, the, the litany of humility that we can't say and really mean most of the time. But she had that particular prayer I thought of today when I was reflecting on this, of Blessed Charles de Foucault. Remember what he said? He said, Father... I abandon myself into your hands. She could do that in her prayer life. Do with me what you will. That was her prayer too. Whatever it may be, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. We aren't. She was. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Beautiful. That's her prayer, isn't it? Constantly seems to sum up her life. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands, without reservation and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. That was the prayer of Blessed Charles de Foucault. Only she could say it perfectly. And that was, again, summed up her prayer life and her life. That's the first thing she has to teach us, is contemplation, meditation, and contemplation. Thinking about these things, pondering them in her heart, and then reflecting on them in the presence of God. If we can do that, we will actually begin the journey to holiness. If we won't do that much, we have nowhere to go. It will always begin and end with our prayer life. So if that's weak, you may assume that everything else will be also. And if sometimes we feel our lives are beginning to become somewhat unwound or undone, we begin to need to look there as she and look to the Blessed Mother as the example of what we need to do uh, to go back to our prayer life because there just isn't anything else without it. We are simply empty. uh, And we have nothing whatsoever to offer, nor can we respond to what God wishes us to do. So, as she was reflecting on all these things in her heart, she was also bearing the Lord within her. Uh, so she had the very object of her prayer uh, physically dwelling within her, the creator of the universe, the one who brings all things to its fullness, the word made flesh. So she, of all people, understood that phrase better than anybody else. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. As I said, that one phrase that should stop the whole world in its tracks dead in shock, that God has done such a thing and done it through her. We then have a relationship to her unlike we have to any other woman uh, because of what she has done. So whenever we hear those words, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, if we bow or whatever we are doing, genuflecting, uh, we are reminded of her and her willingness to make that possible. Uh, So then we come today also to be the bearers of Christ. Uh, We must... We've heard all these things. We must now uh, reflect all these things, reflect on them in our heart, uh, instead of just walking through them. Uh, I remember, all of a sudden, this coming to my mind, my good 
priest friend of mine, many of you may know him, Father Jack Kelly, who's in Fayetteville. He used to say when he was first ordained, he was stationed with the pastor, and every year he would say to his assistants, we're just going to walk through this Christmas. And he said, and every year he did, and we didn't. Uh, but in that sense, what he meant by that was, we're not going to get all excited about all the trivia. We're just going to be calm and reflect upon what's happening. Now, most of us can't do that. We're running all over the place trying to get things done. I've often thought the best place to celebrate this feast of the year would be in a monastery. Um, but most of us never get a chance to do that. Um, we have all these other things going on, and so we don't really reflect on these events, um, all of them. Uh, we don't really think about them and what they mean. Again, the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, that's the Blessed Mother. And so we then turn to her as the example of what it means to be his disciple. She is, as we've said before, the first disciple. She, above them all, knows what it means to follow him, and that's what she has to teach us. She never points to herself, as John the Baptist didn't and St. Joseph didn't. She's always pointing towards her son, which is why we have to have such a deep relationship to her, because otherwise we won't know him as we are meant to know him. Only the mother can teach us. Remember that. I'm not going to quote the whole poem again, that favorite poem of Bishop Sheen, a little romantic, I thought, was, you know, lovely lady dressed in blue, uh, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way. Um, but there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, there are certain things that only she can teach us, and so we must remain close to her. But most of all, uh, she leads us to himself, to the Eucharist, uh, to the center of everything else. It is there, or here rather, that we do our best reflecting, our best meditating, and our best contemplation in his presence, as she did, always in his presence. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come rejoicing in the birth of your Son and the motherhood of the Blessed Mother, trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, she will always follow the Blessed Mother in discipleship, uh, having a great devotion to her as she leads us to her son, especially the church persecuted and suffering, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations of the world, especially our own, dedicated to the Blessed Mother, we may come to know her, and more importantly to know her son, particularly in the sacraments, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all those who are sick and suffering, those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know the protection of the sorrowful mother, and the consolation of her son. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and truth, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, especially life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who are following the Blessed Mother uh, will keep their eyes focused on the Lord and on his kingdom. For a greater reverence, again, for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and particularly for the American hierarchy, having a great devotion to Mary, uh, they may also be able to lead their flock. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. 
may they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our love for the Blessed Mother will always draw us closer to her Son and closer to the kingdom of heaven, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we say. Amen. 